Hello everyone and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And today we're going to uh, keep moving on. Uh, we're going to start the Slow Mutants today in our uh, journey through the Gunslinger. It's been really great, Kev. Indeed. Yeah, I can't wait. So I think it's time for some uh, Stephen King trivia. Let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> so here, here's what I'm deciding to do from now on because I did a lot of like, you know, Stephen King's perf- personal life uh, before. Um, so now I'm actually going to go through the books, mm. like as we move forward. Nice. Um, yeah, this is where I feel like my ex- I, my expertise is more in. So, but now that I've said <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. I'm sure I'm sure you're going to stump me. So let's see how it goes. <laughs> oh well, we'll see how we do. Um, so here is the first question. I'm sorry, I'm just bringing it up. It was over here. Yeah. Huh. And right away, I'm glad I looked up this because... It's funny when you uh, look at websites and try to cross-reference trivia questions, because I do this every week with Liz. (laughs) Nick and Liz quiz. It's a lot of fun. Um, But I'm always like, don't trust the first (laughs) site you go to. Very true. Cross-reference a couple times. Always cross-reference, Yeah. All right, so, um, yeah, we're going to start at the very beginning, Kevin. A very good place is, to start. Uh, what was, it's a very good place. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, sound music. Exactly. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Speaking of cross-references. What, 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 yeah, what, what was Stephen King's first novel? Stephen King's first, uh, well, let's see. First published novel, we're going to go. First published, published. We're going to say Carrie. Yes, so these questions this week will be all about Carrie. Oh, nice. You told, you told me you read uh, in the library. Indeed, piecemeal, own. because after like reading the first like paragraph when they're talking about uh, a woman's uh, locker room where this one this one woman <laughs> one girl gets her period like much older for her age, I was like, oh, I shouldn't be reading this. Uh, so I felt like I had to hide it. <laughs> uh, so I've never actually read this or mm. seen the movie, but I know it. Mm. You know, like it, I, I know the whole thing. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, you know I, what I mean, it's like to it, it's part of culture. Exactly. Exactly. It's one of those cultural awareness things. Like, even if you've never read The Shining, you know that, you know, the father goes crazy and there's a haunted hotel. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay. So first of all, uh, what year was Carrie published? Uh, I want to say 1973. Oh, 74. Ah, The year of Colleen. That was my my second choice. I knew it was either Colleen (laughs) or mom and dad getting married. So I took a risk. Yeah. Yeah, good good choice, but uh, you're close. Yeah, 74, the year of our oldest sister, Colleen, being born, um, was when Carrie. And, of course, you know, uh, his wife, Tabitha, got it out of the, uh, the, the garbage can, <laughs> right? Exactly. That famous story. Uh, it's so great. Follow your dreams, everybody. Follow your dreams. Don't give up on something just because you don't think it's quite right. Because I've heard uh, this one author say uh, a bad first draft is better than a perfect blank page. Hmm. All right, Kev. Um, how old is Carrie? Uh, 17. Almost 16. 16. Because ah, I thought <laughs> she was a senior. What, what? But, yeah, I guess junior. Yeah. What's Carrie's last name? Carrie White. There you go. Ding, ding. <laughs> um, what is the name of the high school 
that carry its ends. That one can't even hazard a guess. I don't know. Let's just say it's a reference to a uh, a 1960 film. Aw. Is it like Hill High School or something? (laughs) Bates High School. Bates. Psycho, of course. (laughs) Yeah, from Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, instead of calling Carrie Carrie, the principal calls her a different name. Uh, What is that? She's not Ms. White? I don't know. No, no. uh, She's mispronouncing Carrie. Oh, oh, okay. So, let's see. Not Carrie, but Karen? Cassie. Cassie. Keep saying Cassie. Oh, yeah. gotcha. All right. Wow, this one's... Let's see if you do this. Uh, so, Carrie learns learns about her powers, mm-hmm. right? By re- reading a book in the library. Okay. Do you know the name of that... Do you know the name of that book? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, I I do not know the name of the book now. Sorry, I, I was going to try and make something up, but I was like, no, nah, Kevin, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some tough ones. It's, it's called uh, The Secret Science Behind Miracles. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, who asks Carrie to the prom? Oh, is it Tommy? Yeah. Nice. All right. Tommy. Yeah. And who told Tommy to do that? What was the other character's yeah, name? What was it? It was his... It was his girlfriend. I want to say her name starts with an L. Maybe Lisa? Or... Uh, I think it's Sue? Sue. Sue. Yeah. Again, I haven't Samsonite. read this. So I'm just like... <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> Slimmy, slappy, Swanson, Samsonite. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that was way off. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Uh, Carrie is not my, uh, not one of the books that I'll go back and reread. So uh, I do have oh, to. Really? Yeah, the, it's definitely one of the one. Like I think I only own it because I got like a, you know, a three book, uh, com- like multi, multibus and uh, omnibus thing with uh, Carrie, The Shining, and Salem's Lot all in one. So. Oh okay, nice. Mm-hmm. See, Salem's Lot, I know nothing about, and that's the second one. So true, yeah. yeah. That's also a good one. You, yeah, you know what I'm, you know what I'm going to ask you questions on next week. Next week, oh, okay. <laughs> now, now you can prepare. All right, all right. <laughs> Dang it. I'm, I'm glad I, I know did, now. I did not surprise you, but you sort of see where, where the pattern is going to go from here. I'm all just right, going to sort right. of go through, go through the books as in chronologically. Indeed. Uh, what color? What color is Carrie's prom dress? White. Or is it red? Peach. 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 Huh. Would not have thought. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. 70s. Uh, uh, what do Chris and Billy dump on Carrie at the prom? Pig's blood. Pig's blood. There you go. <laughs> wow. This one. How does Carrie kill everyone in the gym? Uh, After the pig's blood. Let's see. I want to say... You can't just say telekinesis. So I think doesn't she start so, yeah, a that's fire? That's basically it. Yeah, I I feel yeah. like she like she yeah. she like breaks the gas lines and she starts a fire and locks everybody in or something. Yeah, she apparently electrocutes the, <laughs> the English teacher, 
his body erupts in flames, and then everything goes up in flames. Good lord! So, but her 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 telekinesis really starts it. It's true. I mean, <laughs> it's like saying he died of heart failure. Well, I mean, at some point your heart stops beating, so that's kind of always going to be the cause of death. All right, and since we're just going through Carrie, uh, when when Carrie comes home after the prom, what is her house filled with? Oh, after the prom, her house is filled with... I know she confronts her mom. Uh, she confronts her mom, but like... Is it filled with, like, filled with religious with... memorabilia? Because I thought that was just how <laughs> yeah. it always was. It's it, candles. It's Candles. Hmm. Candles are lit throughout the house. And yeah, her mother is a religious zealot and stuff. Um, exactly. Right. Basically blames yeah. Carrie for everything that's ever gone wrong in her life. and it's, It sounds terrible. Oh, okay. yeah, it's a tragedy. Anyway. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right, two more, and you'll probably get these. Um, which actress plays Carrie? In Sissy Spacek. Yeah. I heard it was like a difficult... Uh, well, who was the director, too? Sorry. Oh, um, <laughs> let's see. Director, was it Brian De Palma? Yes. Carry to... Oh. I really hope it's... Uh, the, the first thing my brain came up with was back to the prom, but I don't think it's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> drenched in blood. It's I don't the, know. It's, it's the something. Carry the to blank. the... The Return. <laughs> the Rage. The Rage. Hmm. Carry to... Well, it's called The Rage. Carry to. Gotcha. Uh, and and just, just a guess on the year that that came out? Because uh, I didn't even realize this movie happened. 1982. <laughs> 1999. 99, 1999. really? Wow. So it was like yeah. positioned almost exactly halfway between the original and the remake. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so uh, today we're going into the Slow Mutants. That was that was a fun trivia. Indeed, yeah. Week. You always keep me on my toes. Uh, and, no, that's the point of it. It's like ask people things that they might know, give them some confidence, and then be like, this one's tough, though. Mm. <laughs> true, true. Uh, we do it every week. Come to the Wits End every Tuesday. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> Hello, podcast world. If you live in Seattle, <laughs> you the can Seattle see and Liz live. <laughs> <laughs> Fun stuff. Uh, so, we are starting a new chapter. It's, 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 so, this is the question I have before we even get into it. Um, right. Are we still with the fact that Stephen King was releasing each of these, um, not as whole books, but as... Um, little snippets like it was like the gunslinger was first then the 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 way station and then oracle in the mountains and now uh, the slow mutants yes indeed yeah the <clears throat> i'm pretty sure he had i from as far as i can remember he had finished the entire draft of the the novel and decided to release them sequentially in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction and right. it seems like the first, per, the first, uh, you know, chapter, the Gunslinger, was released October of seventy-eight. Then the Waystation, April of eighty, and then after that, they're all, let's say, February of eighty-one, July of eighty-one, and November of eighty-one. So it's almost like oh, okay. they're they're accelerating as he gets closer and closer to the end of the book. Yeah, 
All right. So eighty-one was the year he was like, "All right, now now that I've got a a feel for this, let's let's keep pumping out some more content." Exactly. Yeah, I feel like he wrote the (laughs) the first section, the Gunslinger, with Tull and Brown and Zoltan and everything first, and then, I mean, this is my own personal thought, but I always assumed that he wrote the first one as a standalone thing, and then decided to. Uh, once you get to the way station with Jake and everything, that's when the story becomes much more of a fully contained plot, I feel like. So, I gotcha. Yeah. So he was still figuring it out wrong. as he was going along. Exactly, yeah. He's a he's a seat-of-the-pants writer. He'll just sit down at the, at the typewriter and start with sentence one. And uh, th- though, as I've done my research, he did write an original outline of the full Dark Tower series, and he was trying to base it on the original poem, Child Roland to the Dark Tower uh, came, but then I think he, he lost the original outline, so then he kind of had to just sort of basically more or less remember what he was going to say and then he went into it and uh, uh, started hmm. just co- kind of going through the, the the plot of the gunslinger and just writing it all out just sentence by sentence that's crazy see I've never written anything you're actually a writer Kev you, you, you've taken things from you know a whole um, beginning middle and an end and I, I commend you on that and anybody who can do that because to me I, I, I I don't know. I lose interest in what I'm doing, or I think it sucks. <laughs> I'm too like critical of myself. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Stop it. <laughs> well, don't do that. But I do definitely, I do definitely lose interest sometimes in things that I'm writing, and I'll just, they'll just kind of fall to the wayside or whatever. And uh, to be fair, I, I'm not you know a professional writer or a published writer or anything. And the closest thing that anything that I've written has gotten to. Uh, you know, um, I went to a small theater. I went and true, saw it. True, it was great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that that was the the only thing of mine. The only thing that I ever wrote that saw any kind of a, an audience was the the uh, was Unusuals Anonymous that I wrote and Lauren directed and it was performed as a play and I. <laughs> Very proud Lauren, of it. So, Lauren is yeah. our youngest sister. Exactly. She's yes. very talented. Very She'll talented. probably be on the show at some point Indeed, as well. Indeed, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, but it just must be something to, to see something that came from your brain mm. come out on the stage. And, like, that's just got to be really rewarding oh, so much so you. and that's that's why <laughs> i love writer. exactly that's why i love adapting works with other people because anything that i write it's just me and the keyboard and i'm just watching words appear on the screen and it's entirely like a self-contained thing but then once you involve like a director and actors and the limits limitations of either being a stage play or being a tv show or a movie or whatever it might be then it becomes much more interesting the way that like say let's see there was one character that i originally wrote and he was basically just an accountant and he was uh like the six foot three guy in a business suit and then when they put it on as a play they picked from whatever actors that they had and different like ideas that lauren and i were bouncing off of each other and instead of a six foot three like bulging muscles guy in a business suit trying to look as small as possible he became a minister who was on the autism spectrum and who was just sort of i think he was 
five ten, five nine or so, and but mm-hmm. it was the same like core of the character, but just with it different wrapping on the outside. So it would became oh, so, cool. so much more interesting on that in that on that front. So that, <laughs> that's why I love uh, you know working together as a team to create things because you totally. things could become better than you even would have thought they would be. So exactly, yeah. so you're you're willing to change your original vision for exactly. You know the people you have casted, you know, and precisely. That's yeah, cool. that's why that, I love that's... playing Dungeons and Dragons because it, the whole thing is just improv with the other players that you're playing with, and it becomes this whole yes and scenario where it's like, oh well, you started a bar bar fight two weeks ago, yeah, but that wasn't my fault, and so you're just riffing back and forth about <laughs> making up backstories between each other and things like that. So it's <laughs> it becomes so much fun to, uh, to just uh, kind of collaboratively create this whole story together. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's a fluid kind of uh, uh, process, exactly. you know, rather than being like this is how I was meant to do it, and this is how it needs to be. It's like you can't be so uh, stuck in your ways as a, exactly. as a writer and yeah. adapter of your work. The, that is my biggest pet peeve when artists become way too precious about. Oh well, this was my artistic vision, and therefore it has to be one hundred percent of the way that I originally envisioned it, and blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, well. No, but you have to work together as a team and you have to because that's when you get uh, directors who are like berating their uh, their actors like Stanley Kubrick, like tearing mm-hmm. uh, poor. Uh, what's her name? Shelley Duvall oh, apart on name? set. Yeah. Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, there's oh, so many times terrible. when I think uh, and like actors being like, oh, well, I have to be a method actor. So I have to be an absolute asshole to everybody else on the crew. And I'm like, is that your method or is that just you giving yourself permission? to be an asshole because asshole yeah (laughs) because i feel like so many Uh, of the time when anybody is like well that's what my character would do it's really just saying no you're just giving your yourself permission to indulge yourself in just being just being a jerk to everybody and two examples of that i could think of right away are uh christian bale Mm -hmm. christian bale and a bunch of his movies is just like so method that he became a jerk on set, I heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jim Carrey really? during the uh, uh, oh well, yeah Ma- Man, Man, Man on the on Moon, the moon. He, he like became Andy Kaufman, and like Andy Kaufman was kind of a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what I that's what I've heard. So yeah. he's like, well, I'm trying to be Andy Kaufman, so I'm just being a jerk. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Uh, Dial it back a little bit, buddy. Exactly. Everybody here is just doing lighting. I'm a gaffer. Leave me yeah. alone. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Even there was one the part where boy. exactly. Yeah. The, um, Jerry Lawler, like apparently in in real life, Jerry Lawler and uh, Andy Kaufman would basically kind of they would talk as equals and whatnot. And then when the cameras would start rolling, they would be have this huge contentious relationship. But then Jim Carrey decided, no, no, I'm just going to have this contentious, hate, hateful relationship with him. Even after Jerry Lawler told him, oh, no, I'm, this isn't how it actually was. And Jim Carrey's like, no, but this is why I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jerry Lawler of wrestling fame. The king. Indeed. Jerry King Lawler. Indeed. <laughs> uh, a wrestler and uh, what would you call it? Uh, commentator? Uh, commentator? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Sideman. <laughs> Him and uh, JP. Indeed. Years. I remember watching them on Raw. 
Oh my god. Anyway, that's wrestling. <laughs> oh my god. Here comes the rock. <laughs> that's Stone Cold's music. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, that's Stone Cold. It, nice. it sounded glass breaking. Anyway, so, so slow yes. mutants. <laughs> slow a slow start to the slow slow mutants. Let's let's get let's yeah. get into it. Yeah, so chapter four uh, of the Gunslinger is called Slow Mutants. It came out in 1981, as you said. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to read uh, the, these first two. Oh, wait. You know what? I'm going to do it from the original because that's how I go. Indeed. Um, so I'm going to read the first two little paragraphs. Uh, the Gunslinger spoke slowly to Jake in the rising and falling inflections of a dream. There were three of us, Cuthbert, Jamie, and I. We weren't supposed to be there because none of us had passed from the time of children. If we had been caught, court would have striped us. But we weren't. I don't think any of the ones that went before us were caught, either. Boys must put on their father's pants in private, strut them in front of the mirror, and then sneak them back on their hangers. It was like that. The father pretends he doesn't notice the new way they are hung up or the traces of boot-polished mustaches still under their noses. Do you see? (laughs) So I... I, I I did that in the voice of Nick instead of the voice of the gunslinger. My bad. <laughs> so that, that whole quote was the, the gunslinger speaking to Jake as they're walking through the blackness. Exactly. He's telling him a story. So a few mm-hmm. few changes uh, right away and yep. as we get into changes that one. There. Uh, so instead of the rising and falling inflections of a dream, in the new version it says rising and falling inflections of one who speaks in his sleep, which I feel like makes much more sense. Um... I feel like uh, so right now Roland is nervous talking. Mm. Have you uh, do, do you know what that? Do you know people who like nervous talk and yeah, they're just like I'm just going to keep talking and talking and talking. And like, <laughs> yeah, I feel not, like a, a few of our you know, siblings definitely anxious do that. about this blackness. So I'm just going to keep talking and talking and talking. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not anxious about what I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to do later. So I'm just going to keep talking and just kind of fill the silence because otherwise I'm just going to feel all of this anxiety and nausea and, nausea and worry just uh, wearing away at my soul. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, so let's th- th- this whole section is pretty great. Um, just not, not to like bury the lead, but like, um, it, it's some of Stephen King's best work at like, you're in a dark place and it's scary. Totally. Totally. <laughs> like uh, pure blackness. Well, we're going to get to pure blackness in a minute, but exactly. So yeah. So let's um, see. Go ahead. In, in addition, what we've were got the other changes in that second paragraph. So in the new version, it says there were three oh, of us that night. Name. Indeed, yes. So, three of us that night, instead of just there were three of us, uh, Cuthbert, Elaine, and me. So, we've got uh, a yellow, an orange, and a blue change, right? Uh, Three in a row. Uh, So, basically, it seems like he almost decides to replace uh, any reference of Jane Me with Elaine. Um, Although, in a later book, uh, Jamie does actually come back as a character. So, I was glad that he he did uh, reappear. Um, so let's see. None of there. Yada yada. Pass from the time of children. We were still in our clouts, as the saying went. If we'd been Ooh, caught, yeah. court would have striped us bloody. And then uh, instead of... In our clouts. What is a clout? Uh, I think basically like halfway between... Because you're young? Yeah, like I think a clout is sort of like a diaper. So uh, kind of like basically saying, you know, we were in our... 
Um, hang on. Uh, oh, so the, they were even younger than I thought. Now, now. I'm trying um, to imagine. I'm trying to imagine putting on his dad's pants. Uh, Stephen, Stephen, uh, oh, what's the last name? Uh, Roland to Shane to Des Shane. Deshane? I don't know. Right? I always Des- thought it oh, was Deshane, yeah, but... Um, Deshane, Deshane. Huh. I might be wrong. I was I was imagining him being, in this story, like a... kind of a teenager, really. I, w- I was almost thinking, like, maybe, like, 10 or 11, or even younger, but... Like in my in my mind, I always thought of it as like uh, you know how in England, like uh, young kids who are in primary school, I guess they're always wearing shorts uh, instead of uh, full pants. Oh, okay. I, I thought it, w- it more was in reference to that. Like you hadn't graduated to your full like long pants yet, or so whatever. We're, we're talking like yeah, elementary school. Elementary years, school, kinda. yeah. So I don't yeah, think yeah. Clout Angus actually Young means from uh, right. ACDC? Yeah, exactly. ACDC. Yeah, that whole look, <laughs> precisely. Well, and, and Pink Floyd, the wall is what makes me think of that. Yeah, exactly. Of yeah, that's the that's the mental picture I had in my head as well. <laughs> but yeah, so then uh, after that, uh, so yeah, that's the those are the only changes in that first uh, paragraph and a half. So. Yep. Alright, so again, uh, we're not going to read everything. So exactly, just yeah. So basically, summarize. yeah, yeah. So the boy said nothing. Uh, in the original, it said he had said nothing. In the new version, it said he'd. So there are a bunch of times where Stephen King is making those little grammatical changes. So uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I always imagine 2003 Stephen King being like, "Okay, you could use contractions." The stop being so pretentious uh, of uh, his younger <laughs> self. Um, there's he had a, said nothing. He exactly. Said nothing. So there's there's a few yeah. other times where there's like sentences with like two words, and then he'll move on to a bunch of those in a row. Whereas in the new version, it's got a colon and then comma, comma, comma. So basically, just him kind of <laughs> tightening up the screws of the the, gr- the grammar and making it a little bit less uh, a little bit less college writing style. I would say. Right. Right. Um, wait, I, I like this that he yeah, says here. The gunslinger had read the failing of day in the soft mirror of Jake's cheek. Now faint rose, now milk glass, now pallid silver. Now the last dusk glow touch of evening. Now nothing. The gunslinger exactly. had struck a false light, and they had gone on. So it, it was just like slowly, like we are going into pure darkness. Like we're, we're going from like, oh, there's a little bit of light, there's a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less. Oh. It, it, that's just um, suspense right there, you know? Like, it, it makes you, you're like, ooh, this is eerie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I can the, imagine. The slow darkening, and not only in the amount of light, but also the color in Jake's face, too. And you can see, like, mm-hmm. going from rose to milk glass to silver to the last dusk glow of evening. So, yeah, it's just... Uh, just a great way of uh, not on, of telling and not sh- uh, I mean of showing and not telling, uh, as they say. Yeah, yeah. So and a couple of other <laughs> I mean, changes. I guess you in have there. to tell in a book. Other True, changes. but but that's the that's the difference, I guess. In in an example, like you know, instead of just saying it got darker and J- and the gunslinger could see it on Jake's face, he's saying uh, he could he could read it on the soft mirror of his cheek. 
first one color, then the next color, then the third, then the third color, then the last uh, dust glow, and then nothing. So yeah, it's just mm. uh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just before we move on, uh, let's see. Since they in the original it said uh, he had said nothing since they relinquished the daylight and then the new version said, just says since they passed from the daylight so another okay stop being so pretentious uh, high school student uh, <laughs> writing I mean college writing I should say and then uh, let's see the gunslinger on the other hand whereas in the original it just said the gunslinger had talked hectically, feverishly to fill his silence. So exactly what you were saying, that that nervous talking of trying to just fill the silence uh, instead of just letting it just sort of eat away at both of them. Um, Yeah, and then... So yeah, go ahead. You're you're so right about... some of our family that's just how it goes sometimes and like I, I feel like the two of us Kev are good at just letting it be quiet exactly it's okay to be quiet from time to time you don't have to keep talking precisely yeah <laughs> which is but interesting is that podcast, we're the two so who are we, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we should we, we should probably keep talking we should probably fill the silence yeah that makes, that makes sense <laughs> so then let's see so then the next, uh, it says, let's see, in the original, it said, now they were camped. And then the new version, it says, finally they camped, which I feel like makes more sense. Instead of uh, keeping it in this awkward halfway between present and past tense, uh, uh, 2003 Stephen King is like, no, no, we're just going to stick to past tense and keep things simplified. Uh So no echo from the man in black returned to them. Perhaps he had stopped to rest, too. Or perhaps he floated onward and without running lights through nighted chambers. So we're just mm. establishing that this sort of otherworldly magical uh, air that the man in black kind of has about him. That he could yeah. just walk he, he, through pure darkness without any need of uh, a light. He doesn't have the same issues of, or, or scaredness that the, the two of them... They're, Man in Black has been here before, I feel like. Mm, I could see that. <laughs> and then uh, we've got some retconning here. Uh, it, a reference that's going to reappear in one of the later books. Um, Kevin, so I know says, what it means, but... No, no, can, no, no, no. Can you I'm tell just, me what... Oh, yeah. No, so, no, what does, yes. what, so does, retconning, what does retcon mean? Oh, yeah. Retconning is retroactive continuity. So basically, like, uh-huh. in... The Star Wars Special Edition, um, actually, no, Return of the Jedi, the DVD version in Jabba's Palace, uh, you see Saboba just walking through. And so uh, a character that was in episode one is suddenly in Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi. Wait, what? Yeah, if, if you wasn't in Return of the Jedi, if you if you watch the, the version that's on Disney Plus now, uh, at one point, I think. I forget exactly when it is, but in Jabba's palace, <laughs> Saboba, with his weird, like, backwards knees, is walking across the the floor of Jabba's <laughs> palace. Yeah, well, he's really walking on his arms, right? Isn't that how? Saboba oh yeah, walks? that's right. He's yeah, a dog. exactly. Yeah, he, yeah, he's leaning backward and walking he's on his arms. He's a particularly dangerous dog. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I I need to watch the Return of the Jedi on Disney Plus now. I. I 
could have sworn I have, but I haven't noticed that. Yeah. The, the, anyway, the, so yeah, that that's a huge retcon. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's all. Um, and Sebulba was still alive. Get out of here. Uh, true. Or I, I suppose it could have been another Doug, but it it feels like it's Sebulba. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> definitely. So in this so yeah, anyway, in this case it says so yeah like basically the the point is that uh, when you change something later on um, in so then you'll go back to the original version of the story actually no not even necessarily well the point being is that uh, like say in episode one they say that um, the force is like humans and other life forms can feel the force because of midichlorians that are microscopic uh, organisms that live within all of our cells that are our sort of communicators between us and the Force, which seems Mm. unnecessary to me, but then apparently now in all of uh, in all of Star Wars, the the total number of midichlorian count uh, within your blood tells you how strongly connected you are to the Force. So... Yeah, I don't know how much I like the midichlorians. Yeah, at all. I'm not a fan. It's, yes, that is that is definitely an example of a retcon. Also, mm. so what's the retcon here that you're retcon saying? Retcon here so, is uh, so the sentence is the sewing knight cotillion. The I always pronounced it as Kamala, but some, sometimes it is pronounced Kamala. Uh, how do they pronounce it in the audiobook? You were listening before. Mm, I think it was Kamala, like Kamala, Kamala Harris. Almost. Gotcha. Okay. The Kamala, <laughs> some of the older folks called it after the word for rice. So, and in the original version, it was called, um, actually, in the original, it just said it was held once a year. Uh, yeah. But in this case, uh, actually, I think later on in the chapter, they call it like the Easter ball or whatever. Yeah, Easter night dance. So changing it from Easter to the sewing night cotillion or the Kamala. Uh, so and then in book five, the Kamala comes back. So basically, you can kind of tell that at the point Stephen King was making all of these revisions, he was also working on book five of the uh, Dark Terror series. So that's why. Yeah, that's, which, which I know nothing about. So Indeed. I'll, <laughs> I won't uh, mention it again, but yes. Uh, or at least I'll try not to. That's, <laughs> no, no, that might no. be, might be I, another, I think, another well, check mark in the spoilers of that Kevin has released. <laughs> It's fine. Yeah, I think in all these uh, changes that we're talking about, I'm slowly realizing how it's going to go. Exactly. And, but like only breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs. Breadcrumbs. You know, it's not yeah. That that's one totally of the, blatant. Exactly. That's one of the things that I like about the the 2003 version. Which, I, to be honest, this is the the first time that I'm reading it this closely through. I've I've listened to the audiobook, but every once in a while I'd be like, "Huh, that's different." But then we're just sort of. Uh, I would let just sort of like on. yeah I would I would move on this this time I'm making diligent notes and I'm like oh my god this is a major change here um so as we said so anyway the Kamala as right, the older so, folks called it so, uh, was held once yeah, ro- a dance exactly looking down uh, with his friends um so. Here we've got another change where basically Stephen King kind of swapped it around. So in the original, it said, we called it the Hall of the Grandfathers, but it was only the Great Hall. And then in the new version, it says the proper name was the Hall of the Grandfathers, but to us, it was only the Great Hall. 
So he kind of Ah. swapped it around, which I feel like I agree with because the Hall of the Grandfathers sounds so much more formal, whereas the Great Hall is just sort of like, it's it's what you would call it. Yeah, it's the Great Hall. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, According right, the gunslinger laughed uh, deprecatingly and the incident walls made the sound into a loon-like wheeze. In the old days, the books say it was the welcoming of spring, but civilization, you know, <laughs> it's uh so this is like a debutante ball, mm. which was some Liz told me about growing up in New Orleans. This is like just a weird thing, you know. It's it's so antiquated. It's Agreed, like we need to yeah. present these women to uh, these young women to. Uh, to boys to see who will be chosen as their wives and it's like eh, mm. gross true <laughs> yeah and uh uh latinx culture they have uh the the quinceanera which is basically kind of the same thing the, the uh the dance where a young girl is kind of progresses from girl to woman and there's a whole ceremony with you know her first high heels and everything like that so it's kind of the the same idea yeah yeah, I mean, I don't know. Tradition is good, um, but at the same time, I think uh, progress is also good as far as the society goes. And uh, <laughs> women don't need to be paraded around with their pretty dresses on. Precisely. Like, yeah, I'm more than just my looks. Exactly. Guy. <laughs> yeah, in, in a wedding, you don't need someone to give you away because in the old days, they were literally giving the woman to her husband uh, as yeah. a form of property. Yeah. Well, there was a, there was a, a dowry too. Mm-hmm. That's another weird thing. <laughs> oh. Okay, let's hear for human uh, culture. Hopefully. <laughs> Getting a little better. Getting exactly. A little better, let's let's get rid of some of the 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 last vestiges of the patriarchy, and uh, you know, let, let everybody be equal and and everything. So yeah. Yeah. So the another change in there, according right as any spring dance surely is. Uh, Gunslinger laughed deprecatingly. The insensate walls turned the sound into a loon-like wheeze. Uh, in the oh. old days, it was the welcoming of spring, what is sometimes called New Earth or Fresh Kamala, but civilization, you know. So oh. in that case, we've actually got uh, a couple of different uh, world building examples. So Kamala, as I said, uh, comes from book five and New Earth. I feel like that comes from book four. So and all of the Susan Delgado Magus changes, those are all kind of retconned to uh to align with all of the the story basically from book four so yeah <laughs> okay you're blowing my mind right now and i will get to all that eventually <laughs> uh one thing i wanted to talk about was a loon-like wheeze mm. which i feel uh, like makes heard? sense yeah the what? let's see have you ever a heard a loon is a loon sort of like a ooh, ooh. is that a loon or how does the loon sound it, it, it's even more crazy than that it's more like like it's it's really high pitched. Oh jeez, uh, <laughs> I, I could be in my, my my bird calls uh, are. Well, we'll post something in the the Facebook uh, chapter or chapter brothers Facebook on a, uh, a loon call because <laughs> it is pretty crazy. It's more like a whoa. 
<laughs> it's really <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, basically just Stephen King is telling us that he almost sounds insane <laughs> as he's laughing about this. I, I, I just checked out the, the waveform on the thing to see where that hit, and it was, it, it was red. <laughs> oh, you're in, you're in the red line. Oh, dear. I, ne- I, I never made a red line happen. All right. I, I peaked it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I'll have to Sorry, everyone that at home. <laughs> yeah, Kev's, Kev's going to have to do some ADR work on that. <laughs> and uh, just sort of, you yeah, know, a little, a little like bit of compressor on there. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> So So they're in the Great Hall. There's a dance going on. Um, So, yeah, there's a bunch of changes in here. The gunslinger said the ball. All right. So before that, then. Yeah. uh, Oh, actually, I had had something on there. Uh, Ascetic? Oh, yeah. Hang on. His voice was all the unconscious distaste of the ascetic. So I meant to look that word up. Is that like... Aesthetic? I think he said that Am earlier where almost like kind of uh, like dried out, I want to say. Aesthetic. Uh, okay, so characterized by or suggesting the practice of severe self-discipline and abstention from all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. So yes, yeah, I do think he mentioned that earlier in the book uh, when he was to, uh, in his uh, walk through the desert. Yeah, ascetic. So it is a, a soft E. Mm. A short E, I meant to say. Not ascetic. Like, when I was looking at it, I thought it meant, like, aesthetic. Like, like. Oh, like, like for. That. Yeah, no, it's the exact opposite of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I looked this up. Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's sort of like being just, like, sober. Yeah, not only that, but completely, uh, basically, almost like if you were to describe it as as a house, it would be completely without any decorations whatsoever. There would be a bed with no sheets on it. There would be maybe like a a plain wood dresser and there would be nothing else. No TV, no books. And it would just be you sitting there and meditating. Would you describe Carrie's mother as aesthetic? I I actually know because she has all of those (laughs) crucifixes all over the place. And she's got all of the, all of that kind of like religious, like, uh, um, what do you call decorations and whatnot? So I feel like almost ascetic would almost be like more more along the lines of like a, a monk who just uh, meditates so all day the guy with like from, a simple uh, robe. The Da Vinci Code. Yes, that guy. That's ascetic. Yes, that, the the the, the, the albino. albino from the Da yeah. Vinci Code. <laughs> okay, the guy is like self-flagellating sense. and all. all right. Yeah. Uh huh. So, yeah, we've got a few changes in this paragraph that I just want to go over real quick. Um, He trailed off, unable to describe the change inherent in that... uh, In the original, it says, in that mechanized noun, but in the new version, he says, in that featureless noun, which I'll agree with. It's kind of being a little bit more Mm. descriptive. Like, yeah, a mechanized noun, that sounds like a grammar term that's out of date nowadays, but... Oh, but I think it's it's also bringing in some changes we're going to see later. The, the, the mechanization of things exactly is, is becoming a theme that I'm realizing is I don't know if it was as prevalent in the original edition as it's becoming in in the new. But anyway, move on. Well, we'll, we'll put a pin in that. But um, 
So and <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, put it because uh, that is, I'll just say right here now, yes, that is definitely a theme of the mechanization of things as opposed to the original, like, sort of uh, organic nature of things. Yes, I'll agree. So yeah, and the next uh, part of that sentence uh, got a little bit of a grammatical change. Instead of the death of the romantic, it becomes the death of romance. And in so I'll, I'll just going to read the, the new version. The death of romance and the lingering of its sterile carnal revenant, a world living in the forced, forced respiration of glitter and ceremony, the geometric steps of make-believe courtship during the sewing night cotille that had replaced the truer matter scribble-scrabble of love that could only intuit dimly hollow grandeur in place of true passions, which might once have built kingdoms and sustained them. He found the truth with Susan Delgado in Magus, only to lose it again. Once there was a king, he might have told this boy. The eld, whose blood, attenuated though it may be, still flows in my veins. But kings are done, lad. In the world of light, anyway. And I just love the way that... Uh, oh my god. Yeah, that that <laughs> describes exactly that just sort of the mechanization of things and going from the organic and the, the life-giving to the reliance on technology and how everything is just drying up and being desiccated. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, and the uh, figure of language in there is just wonderful. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, I just have to... It's one big run-on sentence, but, like, that's what he's doing in his brain. It's just, like, exactly. all these things are coming to him. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King is a master of the stream of consciousness, and I just love the way that he writes like that. Yeah. Uh, Scr so. Scribble Scrabble of Love. Uh, that's mm. a good one. Love it. Yeah, but, um, so th but there's so I'm many looking changes. at the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, go ahead. So that whole yeah, paragraph you... was added? Yeah, that whole paragraph is totally changed. Why don't you why don't you read the original from uh, he trailed off? He trailed off, yeah. And so in the original, it's he trailed off, unable to describe the change inherent in that mechanized noun, the death of the romantic and its sterile carnal revenant, living only a forced respiration of glitter and ceremony, the geometric steps of courtship during the Easter night dance at the Great Hall, which had replaced the mad scribble of love. Oh, so scribble is still in there. Scribble of love, which we could only intuit dimly. Hollow grandeur in the place of mean and sweeping passions, which might once have erased souls. Yeah, erased mm -hmm. souls is I, totally different. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I kind of like... Oh, I don't know which one I like better. I know. I feel like this is the, this is one of those paragraphs that there's so many tiny changes, and then there's a couple of really big changes that it's. Uh, I feel like it's uh, it, it totally it changes the meaning of the of what he's trying to say. Kind of like not mm -hmm. only go, uh, going from just scribble to scribble scrabble, which is kind of like eh, well, whatever. But then it goes <laughs> going from might once have erased souls to might once have built kingdoms and sustained them. So it goes from a totally bad thing to a totally good thing. So built kingdoms it's and then whole totally adds the, the end of that paragraph. Everything exactly. about Susan Delgado and Medjus. And about oh. Roland having uh, basically the the last of the line of uh, of Eld, basically. Eld, yeah. What, what's that? E L D. Uh, um, I guess. Don't tell me. <laughs> Is that something that comes up later? I forget if I forget if it's come up yet, but 
Uh, hang on, let me do a quick but, but search. So, so what, that, that's another world-building line of just trying to create. It's like, ooh, are the elves? Oh, I wonder what that means, you know. Mm. And and that's that. That's the writing that Stephen King learned later on that he didn't have when he was writing this in '69, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, this so, came out in '81, '81, mm. right? Right. This is published, published in 81. So who yeah, knows? first published in the magazine in 1981, and then the book as a self-contained unit with all of the chapters was 1982. Okay, so 82, uh, yeah, the year of Teresa. So um, it, it was mentioned earlier, actually. Um, uh, in the original, well, the version that I'm looking at, uh, page 102, uh, do they can art Merlin, where you come from? Merlin and Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, Jake said dreamily. The, jo- the gunslinger felt a nasty jolt go through him. Yes, he said. Arthur Eld, you say true. So basically Ooh. we're saying Roland is a descendant of King Arthur in this version. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm glad I brought that up then. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to I wanted to double check that it had already ha- it had happened so far in the book and yes. So the the book kind of like leaves you little breadcrumbs but then basically at this point here you, you got to put two and two together to be like wait a minute. So if he is the last if the blood of the eld runs through his veins and the eld is Arthur so therefore King Arthur. So not only is Roland like the son of like the gunslinger tradition but apparently the knights of the round table eventually uh, picked up guns and held on to the same sort of knightly chivalry and everything just with guns now oh jeez but I didn't know that you could look up words Mm. like in the Lord of the Rings that comes up very I'm sure it's like oh wait a minute when was this thing mentioned in the Cimmerillion and like it's very helpful just because uh, Tolkien repeats a lot of just adjectives but only pointedly, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that Stephen King does the same thing. It's like... Totally. It, it, like, I have this this word or this way... Like, cyclopean. Like, mm-hmm. if, you, if you look that up, you would find it in seven different places. And it's like a little, like, treasure map through his... Uh, works it's it's really cool <laughs> oh totally yeah they're, they're, they're just tracking different authors word choices is a, a fascinating study in uh word etymology yeah it's it's so interesting seeing like okay so he's a big fan of this word and he'll use this a lot and blah 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 uh yeah the another one of uh, also Stephen as King's a writer is, uh, Go ahead, I'm sorry. Another one of Stephen King's is, uh, you know, characters in a blue chambray work shirt. Like, that uh, that could... I I don't know if he uses it so much anymore, but in the 70s and 80s, it seemed like (laughs) at least almost every protagonist is wearing a blue chambray work shirt at some point. (laughs) What the heck is chambray? Uh, If you look it up, you'll know exactly what it is, yeah. I'll know exactly what it means, yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine it already work shirt that's blue light blue kind of overalls or something yeah <laughs> yeah it's almost like a denim style shirt like kind uh-huh. of thing you would probably get at like the gap or whatever it's uh, a good descriptor indeed um anyway so he's anyway. at the ball the boys so did not speak um <laughs> ball I've got big balls <laughs> every, every time I <laughs> I think of uh ACDC. Uh, 
ACDC again. That's the second ACDC reference. Wow. So that's Bon Scott ACDC. True. Uh, you know who else is a big fan of ACDC? Stephen King. Oh, cool. Who's yeah, he makes the a... Biggest? Balls of them all. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, he makes a, a, a reference in like the beginning of The Stand at one point where one character says, uh, flu is flu, and then another one goes, flu may do. Uh, and then uh, the person she's talking to is like, what? And she, she's like, oh, well, uh, my father might be uh, very broad-minded, but he's not a fan of ECDC. <laughs> That's good. ACDC is a little uh, repetitive, I gotta say. I like them as a band. They're fun. Like, each song you're like, oh, it, this is just an ACDC song. It's like this nonstop same song playing over. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're cool. Let's hear for Angus Young. Angus Young and Bon Scott and who's uh, the Brian, second? Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson? Right? Ryan or yeah. Brian? Brian. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson is a director. That's a different person. Brian Johnson. Who made but I think he's actually lost his voice at this point. He's getting. It's an impossible thing to do. Is hit those. I mean, notes. the way that he Yelling. sings, my God. Oh, I don't it's know how. no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I love singing a lot, but when, when I do the the screaming in songs, it's like, well. And I'm um, shot for the rest of the yep. night here. <laughs> you can sing. You can you, you can sing a bunch of other songs, or you can sing. Uh, you shook me all night long, but that is once you sing that one, that's <laughs> yeah, the end. It's just it's too much. Exactly. Love. No, no, that was not good, Nick. No, that's why I, I mean normally your falsetto don't do is ACDC. top notch. I gotta say. Um, right. so, oh, that's gonna case. that's gonna be another red line on the uh, the waveform. Sorry about that. <laughs> so a couple of additions here, where just instead of the gunslinger said, it says the gunslinger said at last uh, a play a game in his voice was all unconscious deceit of ascetic and the eremite. So I assume mm. eremite means similar to ascetic. Let's just take a look right now. Eremite. Uh, a Christian hermit uh, or recluse. Yeah, basically still religious, uh, you know, abstaining from any kind of frivolity or decoration. Yeah. So basically, he's kind of disdainfully it's looking back on... Hermit. Exactly. He's disdainfully looking back on this type of uh, frivolity and uh, kind of wasteful whatnot. Let's see. His face, had there been stronger light to illumine, would have shown harshness and sorrow, the purest kind of condemnation. But then in the original, it says harshness and sorrow, but his essential force had not been cut or diluted. So it's interesting that he cut out that that sentence. His essential force has not been cut or diluted. Uh, The lack of imagination that still remained in his face was remarkable. So he's still just looking down at this ball. Right. Right. Yeah. Not not only looking. Yeah. He's not originally. He was looking down on it literally, but now he's looking down on it figuratively. So I like that he's got both of those. Yeah. (laughs) So he doesn't like all this pomp and circumstance. This precisely. uh, Yeah. He is religious people. He's like. (laughs) He's he's more chaotic. I'd say. I would say so. Yeah. (laughs) Like he 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 appreciates the. 
Well, I don't even I don't even know if he doesn't like order, but he likes the order of things that make sense to him. Like he doesn't like tradition, but he does like ritual, if that makes sense. Like that's what he calls like the cleaning of the Ooh, guns yeah. and like like the the little rhyme that he says whenever he's lighting a fire, he likes that. But when it comes to ceremony and you know, everybody having a dance for the beginning of every season, he's like, No, no, that's all bullshit. <laughs> I, I once again I I, I say that uh, Roland has autism. Um, Could be. He's definitely on the spectrum and mm. like <laughs> neurodivergent of some form. Of, that's some that's form probably or a better way to say it. Um, I, I'm just saying he's an um, an introvert also. Mm, definitely. Right. Um, Let's see. Yada yada yada. Like that's With why he's away from the party. He's not at the ball. He's watching the ball from far and thinking about all the other things that are going on in the room. Exactly. Um, yeah, like and that's he's what's telling gonna come up with this next paragraph. Yeah, he's telling Jake his his first exposure to it wasn't being trained and being kind of groomed for it by the what was his name? Uh, it was Court, uh, and who Court. was the other teacher? No, no, no. Court would have been just for the guns. The other guy was... Um, I'm sure it'll come up in a second. But So basically, Roland Hacks. goes on to... No, Hax was the cook. Hax was the cook. No, it was... Uh, He's the one who got hung. Uh, yeah, who cares? Point being... Uh, <laughs> it doesn't so, matter. Doesn't matter. come back so, later on. <laughs> exactly. My, my point was that... He didn't, uh, his first experience wasn't reading about it in books or uh, being taught the proper way to appreciate this ritual. It was just him and his friends sneaking up into a high balcony and looking down on everybody who's dancing and uh, looking through, like, the electric uh, chandeliers and everything that he tells Jake about. Uh, let's see. Heavy glass with electric lights. And then in the new version, he changes it to electric spark lights just for mm. some flavor. Um, we sneaked onto, into one of those, one of the old balconies, the ones that were supposed to be unsafe and roped off, but we were boys and boys will be boys. So they, so they will to us. Everything was dangerous, mm. but what of that? Had we not been made to live forever? We thought so. Even when we spoke to each other of our glorious deaths, we were above everyone and could look down on everything. Yeah. That whole section is added in where he's talking from boys to be will, boys will be boys up until our, when we spoke of our glorious deaths is just all added in. Um, oh, that's all then added, huh? we were above boys everyone and could look down that's, on that's everything. That's the way time out, time out. We, we can't yeah, just go past yeah. that really quick. We just have to, you know, that's stupid. <laughs> Precisely. It's, I mean, I think basically, that's, that's I think kind Stephen of, King agrees with that. That's the yeah. That's what that I was going to say. That here, he was saying that. You know? That's precisely what he's saying. Is that not only does Stephen <laughs> King disagree with it, but I almost feel like Roland disagrees with it because he's kind of saying yeah. like, yeah, we snuck into this really dangerous area, but boys will be boys. So boys are going to do what they're yeah. going to do, and sometimes they might just fall to their death. But you know, the uh, <laughs> limits are put on to things for a reason. But boys will be boys. Ugh. So I, was always, I was always cautious, Kev. How about you? As was I. I was terrified <laughs> of most things as a child. <laughs> I mean, I, I played sports, and I guess that was a little mm. reckless, and I got, like, concussions and, like, controlled fucking 
football. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. Mm-hmm. But uh, football was dangerous. <laughs> I didn't like that. Um, but I remember yeah. Pete and I, uh, we, we went off to like you know, the Passaic River one day. Billy DeNudo. Good guy. And uh, I was like, this feels dangerous. Why are we like right by a river? Like, yeah. <laughs> we could just fall in and have to swim our way out. And I've seen Milo and Otis. I'll get swept downstream and fall down a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 you'll just drown a yeah. terrible terrible death yeah exactly oh kev i worked okay i think we talked about acrophobia mm-hmm. right the fear of heights right is that the one mm-hmm. um uh, yeah i worked on that building in chelsea and it was 10 stories up mm. in, like chelsea market and i was like and i was right on the ledge and i was it was nerve-wracking Oh. I yeah, I could not have handled that at all. So yeah, I am a cautious person. Boys, boys, boys. Nah, I'm a, I'm just gonna enjoy life by not dying. That's yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't definitely. need to get like close to death to like feel that thrill. Precisely, just be far yeah. from death. Yeah, I like to be far from death. Exactly. Yeah, I never had any urge to, like, push the boundaries of what I was allowed to do or anything. I was just like, no, no, no. Actually, no, there was there there were there were definitely a few times when I was like much younger when I would like rush into things. And I definitely found myself getting my share of bumps and head injuries just from being uncautious when I was like under 10. But as I always say it, like around like eight years old, Kevin Ackerman was recast with a much more cautious and much more frightened. uh, Oh, actually, now that I think about it, I wonder if it was exactly. But I. I'm just thinking back and I, I have a very specific memory of like playing with Lauren when she was a baby and like uh, the crib that she was on had this little lever on the bottom that would lower the entire front and I was like uh-huh. you know doing like a whole peekaboo thing and then I accidentally sprung that lever while she was like leaning over the side and little baby Lauren came tumbling out of the crib and I was utterly terrified so I wonder if that was the formative moment that made Kevin be like no 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 stop doing that other people could get hurt. <laughs> Wait, so you gave Lauren a, a concussion? I maybe I don't know, but I mean, well, it was carpeted at the very least, dude. And like it was when the in the nineties when there would be a lot more of like you know that like foam thing that they put under carpets and everything. So it's not like she got hurt, but she was definitely crying a lot, and I was wrecked with guilt as a little eight-year-old boy so that i wonder if that's the the big change between you know uh fearless kevin and terrified kevin (laughs) exactly i I know the exact bar you're talking about on that crib because we had that crib from the 70s yeah (laughs) yes that was definitely Uh one of the times when you know dad should have gotten rid of something that in (laughs) the span between his eight children probably the i mean i'm pretty sure we we didn't even get rid of that crib we just held on to it until lauren was too old i think they got new mattresses that's the thing yes yes they kept the crib itself but the mattress changed 
changed out a mattress with every yeah, every couple exactly. of years or so. Every few babies. Stuff. It's you know, yeah. it's a baby, but like the, the basic structure Yeah, well, the wood of the crib, yeah. <laughs> well, it's clearly dangerous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you demonstrated. So there are reasons yeah, they why like, don't have <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing. Like I feel like Because you were eight, right? Yeah. You were like eight years no no, less than that. Ninety four was when Lauren Yeah, about eight. No, I was eight when she was born, yeah. yeah. So I mean I might have been mm-hmm. eight and a half or nine or something. No, no, actually yeah, eight plus yeah, whatever, whatever her being, yeah. child age was within the year of eight, yeah. And then because uh, it was not only that crib, but also like that little walker on the wheels that uh she learned how to walk yeah, on that was, that was probably also banned. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it rolls over your toes of the baby. Exactly. Yeah. When when there's a twenty year well, range from your oldest child to your stairs. youngest child, the the there's a lot of things that uh, you hold on to that probably you shouldn't. <laughs> um. So. Well, in any case, yes. Oh but yeah, yeah. Boys will be boys. Boys that, will that be boys. Was... Yes. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Yes. the The reason why I never had a boys will be boys attitude was because I learned at eight years old that being careless can hurt other people. So I became much, much more careful. <laughs> exactly. I, I try to be careful all the time too, mm. but I did. I was reckless as well. Mm. True. Yeah, I feel uh, so, like you were much more of a you know you would dive into the deep end of the pool, and meanwhile I'm clinging to the to the edge before I fully learned uh, <laughs> was fully confident in swimming. Yeah, you gotta have a little bit of fun. You, you ever jump off a cliff, Kev? No, good God, no. No, well, you, no. Uh, into water. Well, yes, uh, I swimmed into water. <laughs> You're just jumping off a cliff into a quarry. Like, like... <laughs> That's some crazy stuff. I just jump <laughs> right off the cliff and fall into rock with nothing. Scrooge McDuck is wrong. You do not just swim through the rocks, no. <laughs> well, this is coins, and you're right. That wouldn't happen. That's that would not good. happen, no. <laughs> you would, if you had an entire pool full of like quarters... That would hurt a lot. That would hurt so much, <laughs> yes. They settle like, like sands, yes. You wouldn't swan dive into it, and this little <laughs> splash of gold <laughs> comes right exactly. out. You go clunk. <laughs> yeah. You're horribly you injured. One of, those, one of those concussions again that we talked exactly. about. Well, it depends <laughs> on what type of dive you were doing, I guess. True. Hand, if your hands were you know, absorbing some of the fall, maybe you could do mm. But at the very the least, you would break a wrist, yeah. You, you'd, you'd have to parkour into the money bin. You, you can't exactly. dive in. No, it's just like yeah. a more of a like fall and, and roll. Fall, roll, know? and like a skip and a jump and kind then, of thing, yeah. And, and then, it, you know, maybe the quarters will move. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, Smog's uh, Dan and Hobbit. Right. You know, was he like underneath the, co- the gold, or was he just on top of the gold? Because I figured he, in it. yeah, I figured he kind of <laughs> the, wriggled the in there like a sand snake. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then when like Bilbo comes in, you, you see him like you just see you know, the like one you're eye. going down a, a hill of like snow or something that had like just enough frozenness to like support you but not support you. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Gotcha. I think that's the best representation of gold. I can see that. <clears throat> anyway, why are we anyway, talking about this? So. <laughs> Point being, the always be cautious. <laughs> yeah, uh, there were four. Oh, yeah. there was a great stone table. Yeah, Is yeah, that go where for we're it. At? 
Uh, yeah, there was one little change there uh, right before that where he says, uh, in the original it says, we only looked and we looked for hours. In the new version it says, uh, we only drank it up with our eyes, which I, I like that change. That's a much more evocative mm. image of kind of looking but drinking it all in. Yeah. Looked, but we only looked with our eyes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Huh. So yeah, go ahead with the, the next, the next uh, paragraph. There was a great stone table where the gunslingers and their women sat, watching the dancers. A few of the gunslingers danced, but only a few, and they were the young ones. The other ones only sat, and it seemed to me they were half embarrassed in all that light, that civilized light. They were revered ones, the feared ones, the guardians, but they seemed like hostlers in that crowd of cavaliers with their soft women. Dot, 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 dot. Oh, interesting. Four dots. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's the old uh, yeah. Star line, Wars yeah. el- ellipses with a period. <laughs> mm. True. Yeah. In the in the new version, I forgot yeah. to note that, but uh, the new version only has the three dots. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a couple of changes in there. Uh, the gunslingers and their women sat at meat watching the dancers. Uh a few of the gunslingers also danced, but only a few. They were the young ones. The one who sprang the trap on hacks was one of the dancers, I seem to recall. The elders only sat. And yada yada yada, mm. all that light, all that civilized light, uh, and so on and so forth. Soft women, dot dot dot. So, mm. yeah, so I feel like <clears throat> since Roland was looking down and seeing it from above the first time, and he immediately made the connection not only of that most of the gunslingers are sitting down and kind of contemptuous of all of this uh, dancing and light, but also the one who actually killed Hax the cook was one of the ones who was dancing. So another reason why he's so contemptuous of all of this. Yeah, they don't mention that in the original. Yeah, that's that's an addition there. (laughs) That's a huge addition. The one who sprang the trap on Hax was one of the dancers. Boom. Mm-hmm. Wait. Cementing Roland as one of the much more severe gunslingers, yeah. Well, because he's just sitting there. He's not having fun at this ball. Exactly, yeah. He's looking <laughs> he's, at his parents. He's and doing surveillance, and he's like... Precisely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so let's see. There were four circular tables loaded with food, and they turned all the time. The cook's boys never stopped coming and going from 7, seven until 3 of the clock the next morning. So tossed in a other clock just to make it a little bit more archaic and mm-hmm. fanciful. Uh, the tables mm-hmm. were like clocks. Uh, I think in the original it just says the, the tables were clocks uh, turning. No, they rotated like clocks. So, you know, potato, potato. Uh, you could smell roast pork, beef, lobster, chicken, baked apples. The odors changed as the tables turned, and that's added in there. Uh, there were ices and candies and great flaming skewers of meat. And Martin. Wait, 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 hold on. Yeah, go hold ahead. Hold on, hold on one second before you go on. Um, I mean, that's the, the time metaphor is what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, the the passing yeah. of uh, of the torch of kind of the old ways and just seeing how kind of the the clock is winding down on this civilization. And that's, a that's very super cool. Yeah, a very well, and, and the food the foods that they bring up I think are um, go through the seasons. You know, of oh, when really? they're mostly in uh, season, right? See, I don't, I don't, I don't really know about that. 
is that how it works? Like, you know, uh, is pork like a, a winter meat or like? Well, I mean, pork and beef, I guess you can get kind of any time of the year, really. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, or do you wait for them to fatten up more of a winter? Yeah. I figured that would lobster. be like a fall. Lobster is it's summertime, lobster, right? Lobster is summer. Mm-hmm. Well, Chickens, I, I feel thinking. like, could be any time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't make that apples. connection. Apples is always fall. Apples is very you know? seasonal, yeah, definitely. Actually, yeah, if this is the... And th- th- there were ices and candies. Ices are... That's a summertime thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if this is the Sewing Night Cotillion... Uh, da, 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 oh, yeah, what time of year is this? I think sewing... Probably harvest time. No, but like if sowing is the opposite of reaping. Oh, sowing is yeah, that's your your your. So it's springtime or spring no? Time, it's yeah. probably like winter even. It usually plants kind of you know. Because uh, I figure it would be after the too. spring thaw though, right? <laughs> I, I really want to get my garden going this year again. Um, oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah, a- after the thaw. So. Uh, so I feel like that'd be the, the beginning the, of spring. The onion snow. Gotcha. So there's like this one last snow that happens usually like you know kind of in February March time and it's like right, can play it. Yeah. you know so it's March April time I'd say it's around my birthday probably. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting that they've got these all of these like fall foods of like apples and you know animals that are going to be uh, butchered and all. Mm. Curious. Kevin, I could be completely wrong about that too. What are we saying? Sewing time? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. Because I figured Sewing reaping would be till. like harvest, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. I bet there there is some sort of a timeline that goes along with the Dark Tower that I shouldn't look up because there would be spoilers galore, I'm sure. But uh, well. In yeah. any case, that's when I would plant. I would plant. Uh, I, I think. Uh, March, April would be a good time. Yeah, that makes sense. Least, like the end of at winter. At least here in Seattle. <laughs> in other places of the world, it's obviously much different. You probably planted all types of... Uh, in the southern hemisphere. Kevin, imagine people listen to this podcast like from other countries. Mm. <laughs> I mean, who, who knows how far Chapter this Brothers will reach, but uh, that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like people from like, hey, I plant in November because I live in Australia, you know, or uh, do that. True, we're very <laughs> northwestern uh, hemisphere. Yeah. Mm, All right. So, and, well, and in Martin, any case, so yes. Martin sat next to my mother and father. I knew them even from so high above. And once she and Martin danced slowly and revolvingly, the others cleared the floor for them and clapped when it was over. The gunslingers did not clap. But my father stood slowly and held his hand out to her, and she went, smiling. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, even from just this symbolic gesture, Roland knows exactly what's going on immediately. And uh, as he goes on, uh, in the new version at least, and it was a moment of enormous gravity. Even we felt it in our high hiding place. My father had by then taken control of his cartet, you must ken, the tet of the gun, and was on the verge of becoming Din of Gilead, if not all of Inworld. The rest knew it. Martin knew it better than any, except, perhaps, for Gabrielle Verus that was. The boy spoke at last with seeming reluctance. 
She was your mother? Aye, Gabrielle of the Waters, daughter of Alan, wife of Stephen, mother of Roland. The gunslinger spread his hands apart in a mocking little gesture that seemed to say, Here I am, and what of it? Then he dropped them in his la- into his lap again. And the, the original is a little bit different from that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah. It was a moment of gravity. It was a moment of passage, boy. A time as much be as much a time such as must be at the tower itself, when things come together and hold and make power in time. My father had taken control. My father had taken control, had been acknowledged and singled out. Martin was the acknowledger, my father was the mover, and his wife, my mother, went to him, the connection between them, betrayer. My father was the last lord of light. So, Mm. I feel like in the new version, he's a little bit more explicit of what the lord of light is, basically saying, you know, almost like his father seems to be kind of the king of all of in-world, kind of. Um, Yeah. So or, or Roland the, is d- d- the descendant of King Arthur. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in the original version, he's much more kind of metaphorical, uh, as he's almost saying, kind of almost placing it almost as though it's like a seesaw where my father is Martin was the acknowledger. My father was the mover and my mother was the connection between them, the betrayer. So almost like the power of his father is like slowly going down as the power of Martin is going up. Yeah. And his mother is like the fulcrum uh, we also between get them. the name of the fulcrum. Mm. <laughs> Another uh, Star Wars Rebels reference. Uh, True. Physics. Ah, but anyway, we get uh, Roland's and physics, of course. And the changing point. So her name is Gabrielle. Exactly. Right? So that wasn't given in the original uh, book. Oh, you're right. Think. Yeah, I don't think he ever does say Gabrielle in the original. So yeah, there's another retcon that that's what his mother's first name is. Yeah. Gabrielle Veris. Yeah. Gabrielle Veris. Gabrielle of the Waters. Um, have we made it to an ocean at all? Uh, not yet. Not, is there no. a map? Kevin, there's no map. <laughs> there are maps, <laughs> but maps. they're apocryphal. Let's just... It's not oh, like okay. a Tolkien book where there's a map, like, in the back corner. Now, Stephen King likes to come out with the, come up with the story, and then he'll... Then fans later on will be like, wait a minute, if you're going west in this direction, and you're going this far, then and then there's an ocean on the right side. That doesn't make any sense. And, and Stephen King's like, alright, fine, if you want to be literal about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Good. No, because, I mean, as I was reading The Stand, I, I was trying to think of... I think there's True. a basic map to that one. Yeah, The Stand is basically just America, so it's kind of yeah, easy to tell, so, you know, one side to the other, yeah, you, Kansas, you know New York, Las Vegas, etc. Exactly. But this is not like that. No. He's <laughs> making it up on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabrielle of the Waters, anyway. Uh, could anyway. be Rivers, too. I don't know. True. If we're going back to uh, George R. R. Martin, which actually uh, the feast brought George R. R. Martin to mind with the description of all the different types of foods and everything. Of the foods, absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I like that they stop and eat. For, yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. So, and they yeah. also like go to the bathroom every once in a while. Like it's true, George R. R. Martin pens stopped and, and made water. 
Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, which uh, Roland does too. He makes those references of, you know, exactly, watering, yeah, the, watering the corn and whatnot. So, yeah, definitely acknowledging the biology of the characters, yeah. <laughs> you gotta. So, yeah. You know, you in, got 20, in 24, poor, uh, uh, what was his name? Jack Ryan? No, no, that's the other guy. But you know what I'm talking about. I do. Anyway, yeah. you gotta you anyway. gotta stop to pee every once exactly. in a while. So uh, yeah, the original. Do, 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 let's see. If we go forward. The the boy still said nothing, uh, as opposed to asking about uh, his mother. Um, so there's a, a change. Like in the original, Jake is just sitting there silent through this whole time. But in the new version, yeah. he does actually pipe up to ask about his mother. Um, so oh. yeah, my father was the last Lord of Light. Uh, I remember how they danced, the gunslinger said. My mother and Martin, the gunslinger's counselor. I remember how they danced, revolving slowly up- together and apart in the old steps of courtship. So, uh, he looked at the boy smiling, but it meant nothing, you know, because power had been passed in some way that none of them knew but all understood, and my mother was grown root and branch to the holder and wielder of that power. Was it not so? She went to him when the dance was over, didn't she? And clasped his hands. Did they applaud? Did the hall ring with it? Those pretty boys and their soft ladies applaud and lauded it. Did it? Did it? Bitter water dripped uh, distantly in the darkness. The boy said nothing. I remember how they danced. The gunslinger said softly. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. stop. Go ahead. I I like just that one line right there. Um, Bitter water dripped distantly in the darkness. The boy said nothing like... Like, it it just got eerie again. Like, remember, you're in a dark freaking cave. A dark cave. You're just talking about this this old stuff that happened before, and you're getting really upset and anxious about it. He's like, oh, why did that man do that? Why did he dance with my mother? And oh, oh, plunk. The boy said nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. It's very much Roland. Yeah, Roland is getting oh. all of his issues out, and he's kind of dealing with things that he probably hasn't thought about in decades. And Jake is just sitting there saying nothing in this uh, pitch black cave, and almost as if just saying, none of this matters, man. Just deal with your shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake. He's 11? Did we, did yeah. we decide on that? I'm, I'm still... Uh, poor little guy. <laughs> poor guy. Exactly. Yeah, the... Oh, man, so there were, got, there were a few... some issues, but we're, we're in a cave here. Exactly. It, there were a couple of changes in there. Um, the Let's see. Instead of uh, Martin, my, the gunslinger's counselor in the original, he was called the Enchanter. So kind of a little bit less of a Merlin role and a little bit more of a conciliary, I would imagine. Uh, in the new version, right. uh, and then uh, Tom Tom Hayden, Tom Hayden, right. ex- Hayden exactly, yeah. And then, um, yeah, in the original, it says my mother was locked root and rind to the holder and wielder, as opposed to my mother was grown root and branch to the holder. I guess just making it a more single metaphor. So instead of root and rind, which doesn't really mean anything, root and branch to keep to the whole tree thing. Like she's been, you know, the uh, Martin has sort of got, gotten her in this grasp as you were, uh, uh, as it were. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, geez. Uh, Rasputin. Kind yeah. Of basically yeah where he's kind of uh 
uh, almost slept with the wife of the king and he's sort of, uh, you know, enchanted her in some way. Hmm. Uh, and then another, uh, in the original it says pansy boys and the new version it says pretty boys. So that seems yeah, a little... Different. Yeah, that one uh, seems a little... I don't know. I'd, uh, let's just say I like that change. Let's... Pretty Boys, I feel like, is a little bit less homophobic for some reason. I don't know why. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with pansies, you know? So, yeah. Um, basically, Gunslinger. It's, like, it's a weird uh, connotation that comes It does, with it, yeah. That's what I was thinking. So, Gunslinger, working through his issues. He remembers how they danced. Uh, yada, yada, yada... So then he looks up uh, at the unseeable stone roof um, and for, seemed for a moment that he might scream at it, rail at it, challenge it blindly. Those blind and tongueless tonnages of granite that now bore tiny lives like microbes in its stone intestine. And then Ooh. the original. Yeah, <laughs> I like That's that. Good. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the original has a little bit mm. less uh, descriptive words in there that it just says uh those dumb tonnages of insensible granite that bore their tiny lives in the stone in, in its stone intestine. So, yeah. Potato, potato, more or less. So, but, our, uh, our intestines is where we absorb most of our uh, nutrients. Uh, true. Obviously, so small intestines, little microbes, little... We have a whole ecosystem living within our guts. And thank God exactly. they're there. Indeed, yeah, that's so, why we take probiotics. Sort of, uh, yeah. Symbiotic organisms and all. Exactly. Yeah, so I guess he's more or less saying that the only the only people who are really listening to this whole story of Roland's childhood are the individual flecks of granite, and Roland's story matters to them as much as the individual flecks of granite story matters to Roland. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and that's he's, sad. Yeah, he's still going on with it. What? It's like yeah. nobody really cares. Not even just the freaking little ants in the wall, maybe, are listening. Or the little bacteria. Exactly. So oh, the, goodness. Yeah, what hands could have... So he's very depressed, would you say? Like, and lonely. I feel like that kind of is kind of uh, fed by his mood as he's in this pitch black cave with Jake and he loves this boy, but he kind of has this thought that like, given the way that the man in black put him, put Jake into Roland's path, that he's probably going to have to sacrifice this boy to go further along his quest in the tower. And the Oracle said as much and the, because he's feeling this sort of depressed sense of like oncoming doom he kind of is relating it back to his own childhood where there was an oncoming doom that he did not see coming right Mm -hmm. yeah that that's what i was really talking about is like as a child was he depressed and alone right Mm. not not in the cave obviously i'd be fucking depressed if i was in a cave too um (laughs) thinking about the boy and everything you're saying i'm i'm just saying when he was a boy was he you know because he's clearly watching the cuckoldry that is occurring and i think that word comes up in in a second right it does indeed yeah so Um, then uh but yeah, so basically, Roland uh, concludes his whole story with a, what hand could have held the knife that did my father to his death? And then Jake just responds, 
I'm tired. <laughs> tired. <laughs> oh, Jake. Jake is nothing if not realistic and just bringing just Roland back to Earth. Stop talking. Please, please stop talking. I'm, I'm tired. I'm just tired. Either literally tired or tired just, of listening to him. Who knows? But <laughs> Roland takes it. Roland wants. takes the hand and yeah, lapses into silence. <laughs> Uh, laps in silence and the boy... Oh, wait, I'm reading the wrong one. The gunslinger laps into silence and the boy laid over and put one hand between his cheek and the stone. The little flame in front of them guttered. The gunslinger rolled a smoke. It seemed he could see the crystal light still in the sardonic hall of his memory. Hear the shout of accolade. Empty in a husked land that stood even more hopeless against the gray ocean of time. The island of light heard him bitterly. And he wished he had never held witness to it, or to his father's cuckoldry. Um, he passed smoke between his mouth and nostrils, looking down at the boy. How we make large circles in earth for ourselves, he thought. How long before the daylight again? How long before the daylight again? He slept. Uh, Sorry. So, I, like, a couple of- I was like, oh, that's a question mark at the end. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely he's kind of sitting there in the darkness and basically kind of letting all of his thoughts sort of uh, sort of settle down in his mind and, uh, you know, lights up his smoke and a um, couple of changes in there where it just says uh, it yeah. seemed he could see the crystal light still in in the eye of memory. Yeah, I feel like he uses the word sardonic a lot in this book. So yeah. I feel like in this mm-hmm. case, he's like, eh, let's leave the word sardonic for the man in black and, and take it out of this part where he's describing Roland's memory. Um, and then he says, remembering that island of light hurt him b- bitterly. Uh, yada, yada. And then... Another one, um, oh, here's what, I was like, that sentence is the same, yet I marked it blue. But in the new version, he italicized how we make large circles in the earth for ourselves. So that's why I counted that as a grammatical change. Uh, and then, how long before we yeah, see daylight is again? Is it italicized? Yeah, it's italicized in the new one, yeah. Oh, not, not in my thing I'm looking at. That's interesting. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, well, I feel like cool it's more line, just I to... Thought. Yeah, I agree. Just make it stand out. Yeah, because so, I feel like he's kind of more highlighting when what po- at what point it's Roland's internal monologue versus at what point it's just him kind of thinking non thinking without having like um. Well, what what I was thinking was is it's like. Um, Every time it's things are italicized, or um, Roland having like an existential thought, like, "Ooh, huh, okay, why are we here?" You know, mm. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, how we how we make like large circles in the earth for ourselves? Like, we're worrying about all these things, but like, what really matters? Kind of, I don't know. Exactly. That's the articulated. That's it. the word I was thinking of. Uh, italicized yeah. is when it's an articulated thought that's in a full sentence form. Whereas I feel like other times where he's thinking, it's just sort of an abstract thought of him just being like, oh, well, I'm cold or whatever. But you don't need to yeah. say the words I'm cold in your brain. But yeah, that's what I meant. Mm. And then, um, mm-hmm. yeah, another addition is just where he says, around we go back to the start and the start is there again. Resumption, which was ever the curse of daylight. And I just want to 
highlight that sentence just because uh, at the very beginning of the book, uh, like, I think the title of the first, like, chapter or whatever is called Resumption. So I feel like that's kind of the theme of uh, kind of the whole story, kind of like going through over and over again. It's a big circle, big circle of time that's going on, you know. In the end is the beginning. And then he slept. Uh, after the sound of his, <laughs> after the sound it of his breathing really had become, <laughs> so basically, gunslinger fall. Uh, after the sound of his breathing had become long and steady and regular, the boy opened his eyes and looked at the gunslinger with an expression of sickness and love. The last light of the fire caught in one pupil for a moment and was drowned there. He went to sleep. So, in the original version, it actually says uh, he looked at the expression with an expression that was very much like love. So, I like that he kind of articulates a little bit more, that it's not just it was much like love, but it's an expression of combined love and a little bit of sickness in there, too. So, Jake's Mm. Jake's feelings are a little bit more conflicted. So, I like that a lot. So... Yeah, we're, we're going over an hour. I think this might be a good place to stop, and we'll just continue with chapter with part two next week. Section two. Section we'll two, chapter week. four. Yeah, we'll... Uh, uh, so so we're going to start at the gunslinger had lost most of his time. Exactly. We'll say section uh, wait, two. Actually, it's different. <laughs> it's different in the original. Dang it. it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he slept. The gunslinger had lost uh, most of his time after, since. After the sound... No, wait, we read that. He went to, The gunslinger had most of his time since in the desert. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's still the same. Yeah, so we'll go no, from the there... It's just, so it's page 153 in my book. Yeah. The book with the uh, uh, the beautiful Michael Whelan illustrations. Indeed. So let's, let's read... What's yeah, the page number on your book? I'm just on curious. my. Let's see. On my book, it starts at two thirteen. Two thirteen. I'm one fifty three. That's so. Well, I feel like you were like since mine is like trade paperback size and yours is the slightly bigger version, so there would be more words per page. Yeah, I guess that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so a, it's about uh, yeah six by four. Yeah, and mine is like, like five by eight actually. Yeah, I don't have a Yours ruler on me, but mine's only like three inch, maybe like three by five. Three, yeah, three by five. Yeah, yeah, yeah three by more five. More or less? Yeah, no, more than that. Four by three six. By f- four by five? I would say I it's know. four by six. Could be four by six. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Inches are smaller than you think. Anyway, uh, you can check us out on uh, Facebook and YouTube and whatever other pages we create at some point. (laughs) Indeed. Uh, Chapter Brothers is Chapter Brothers is the name of the podcast. We are uh, just doing the gunslinger right now, and I think indeed in our (laughs) in our casual chaotic uh, uh, manner in which. I, I take my notes, but I don't write down any notes. So uh, that's we'll, we'll talk as lo- uh, for you know we're talking for as long as uh, we have something to say, and then we'll, I, I'm trying to get in better into the habit of trying to keep it under two hours. So I feel like we've yes. done a good job this week. So I, I figure we'll stop think, right at that at that point. Yeah, I'm getting hungry, so exactly. I'm gonna go get some food. <laughs> All right. Well, but, uh, you know, Kev, as we say every week, uh, long days and pleasant nights. 
And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> love you too. Bye-bye.